Welcome, everybody, to the NPC's Weekly News Roundup for the week of October 29th, 2023. Here is what's making headlines. PS5's external disk drive will require an internet connection at install time. Blizzard will give away a gaming PC cooled with human blood? Nintendo drops new rules for Smash Brothers tourneys, and it's not good. Xbox Series S gets a massive price hike in Brazil. And Microsoft looks to be alerting to unauthorized third-party accessories on Xbox. My name is Travis Sherman, and as always, for the Weekly News Roundup, I'm joined by Kyle Inman. Kyle, what's up, dude? Oh, not a lot. Uh, just, I, I, I was totally unaware of this whole human blood thing. Uh, so I, I just I heard that and I had to pull up the article right away. So that that one kind of caught me off guard. But other than that, I had a had a pretty chill week. Haven't really played many games, but got a few Legos together. So good deal. Yeah. And I've been out all this week. Just uh, I had a uh, security conference to go to for work that I learned a lot and got some neat swag and met some cool people. And now it's a lot of stuff I get to take back to work and tell my boss, hey, we've got a lot to do here that I learned about. And then he's going to roll his eyes at me and probably throw something at me. So <laughs> I get to look forward to that. I will admit I was a little dismayed to find that I, if I'm not mistaken, Alan Wake is not available on Steam. So that, that was kind of disheartening. But other than that, I mean, and not wanting to make actual investments on... uh Epic Game Store. I I think it's been a pretty uneventful week. I I've heard nothing but good things about Alan Wake, and it it just breaks my heart that I'm not able to play it because I don't want to buy games off of Epic Game Store. That's you know that's that's a fair thing. I think Epic Games has really served its purpose as being a spot to go get some free titles, especially some decent free titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But outside of that, yeah, I don't know if I'd really spend my money in the Epic Game Store either. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, no, I've done it twice and honestly kind of regretted it because both titles run great on the Steam Deck and now I'm just probably going to end up rebuying them in order to play them on my Steam Deck and get the Steam achievements for them. Those being uh, Scott Pilgrim and uh, Sifu. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so there's a little bit there, but at the end of the day, I mean, not a lot. Yeah, no, those are the only ones that I've really spent money on on Epic. Um, other than that, th- they exist to to give me free stuff. <laughs> fair, fair enough. It's like walking through the Sam's Club or the Costco, and it's like, oh, I only have the membership, so I can go get all the free samples walking yeah. through, you know? So, okay, I guess fair enough. Uh, let's hop into the news, though, here, Kyle, with some of this stuff. We're going to hop right into one of the stories that was actually a rather interesting one this week. And that of course is the follow-up to the announcement of the PlayStation five slim uh, and the detachable or optional Blu-ray disc drive that you can get for it. Turns out that a trained eye on an upcoming modern warfare three bundle of that slim model happened to discover fine print that indicates that, there will be a required internet connection for the PlayStation 5 to be able to pair that brand new disk drive, that external disk drive, to the console itself. And that's raised some eyebrows as to exactly why there would need to be something like that happening. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going back and forth here, Kyle, talking about the possibility of it needing to be a validation to ensure that it's the official first-party disk drive from Sony. And to make sure that it's not a reproduction, that it's not mm-hmm. a uh, a clone, that it's not something unauthorized. Uh, but it, it's kind of driven people a little crazy, especially those in the game preservation world, because there's going to be a time where, and we've seen it with a lot of other game services, that servers get shut down. So what's the possibility that that licensing server or whatever the PlayStation talks to, uh, to make that work, goes away? What happens then, at least in the sake of preservation? I mean, there will be the PlayStation 5 disc editions, the original release Mm -hmm. one that'll be out and be usable. But still, I mean, that's that's kind of a hit. So what do you think? 
So I I have a couple uh, takeaways from this. Um, one one viewpoint is uh, one of the reasons that they probably could actually require the connectivity the, to the internet is similar to uh, I think it was starting with PS3s and I maybe one of the generations of the PS4s, maybe all of the PS4s. I don't recall if PS4 did it, but I know PS3 for sure. Um, the disk drive was actually um, married to the board. Uh, it was actually married to the daughter board. So um, you essentially had to swap out the whole board uh, in order to do a drive swap on the system. Otherwise, the uh, system wouldn't actually recognize the uh, disk drive. Um, yeah. And it it all has to do with, you know, validating the part and then making sure that part is only used with that uh, daughter board or th- that particular board in general. Um, but there's, there's another logistical way to think about it, too, is at the core, they're all slim units. Regardless, um, if you're packaging it with a co- with, with the uh, disk drive or without the j- disk drive, technically it's still a slim unit at this point. So they're only producing one model and just producing the disk drives to go along with it. Some of those disk drives, they're actually packaging with the console. That being said, the console has to connect to the internet anyway. So I don't see what the problem is with it connecting to the internet. Most of the games I, that you're going to play anyway require downloads anymore because they're unfinished when they release I them. I mean, it's it's true that I'm not going to argue with you like on that part, especially because like it's in a Modern Warfare 3 bundle that someone actually saw this. And where's, where's Call of Duty played more often? Is the single-player campaign played? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But... It's mostly multiplayer and the Warzone equivalent that goes with it that people will spend their time on, which needs to be online. So yeah, I, s- I, I get that argument. You say uh, that, and it's ironic because my version of, uh, I, I think it's actually Modern, Modern Warfare 2, the campaign is broken. Um, like there was a an update that broke the campaign on the install, and I, I think I might actually have to totally uninstall it and reinstall it to play the campaign and I've That's only ever been able me. to play. What's up? That's a new one for me. Yeah, and I've I've only been able to play multiplayer since about I want to say three months after the game launched. So I <laughs> I I I don't know. It, it's just silly, anyway. But needless to say, there's one thing that I'm wondering about here that this article from Video Games Chronicle that we're referencing makes mention of. Um, <coughs> It says here, the initial online connection requirement for the external PS5 drive, then maybe a security check designed to verify the drive, then create the unique pairing between the drive and the console. So does this mean then that this almost follows that same problem, like what you were just talking about with the daughter mm-hmm. board issue, where, you know, changing out drives and such, you'd have to move the daughter board over, Um does this make it so that way if you elect to, like, you realize, oh, I don't actually need this external disk drive, can you unpair it then and resell it, or is it paired to your system and that's it? There's no way of deregistering it or anything like that. You know, is it one of those firmware locks of sorts to say this is bound to this console now, you cannot put this on another PlayStation 5? It it kind of makes me wonder, but I, I have a feeling that there will be certain workarounds for this. Like maybe GameStop will have a machine that they they can take them in, but they're not going to take them in at, you know, the same price as a console that has the disk drive fully installed and whatnot, simply because it has to be sent to a factory to put be put on a machine to deauthor the um, drive from the... the uh, board that it was paired with to for resale i mean it's a possibility um things like that have existed in the past but i mean it it also goes to say that there may be also the ability for users to to unpair and pair multiple um drives to their console um so if you know they did have a a drive that pooped out on them they could say oh i need to deregister this and then the next time it's connected to the internet, it's it's going to see, oh, it's deregistered, you know? Right, and it could even be anti-theft uh, 
properties as well, too. Like I know, for example, we mm-hmm. ran into this with my wife's iPhone and her Apple Watch. She recently upgraded to the new Apple Watch, the Series 9. And mm-hmm. we elected to give her old watch, a Series 6 watch, to my older child. But we didn't go through the steps all the way, I guess, or we weren't aware of it, that we had to completely unpair everything from her account. We must have just missed it somewhere when we put the new watch on. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't let my kid do any of that activation whatsoever on the watch itself because the watch was in the midst of pairing able to confirm, hey, I'm linked to a completely different account. It has to be removed from that account for me to be able to even reset fully and be used somewhere new. I wonder if this will be one of those things, too, that it's more of like a anti-theft measure as well, where, you know, you've got a bunch of say like there, there's a, a tournament of some type with all these PlayStation 5s and they've got the disc drives attached that mm-hmm. somebody's not going to go pull the side panel off, pop that disc drive off, put the side panel on and go, you know, that it's going to be registered to that console more specifically for the anti-theft part of it too. Right. You know, thinking of at least that protective measure. But see, and that's kind of what I was thinking too with the whole fact that maybe place resale or resellers that that would have the ability to you know send it to a facility to get it deauthored or the original user would be the only people that could actually deauthor the drive from the console and then it would be able to be reused and resold but i mean it does make that hiccup that if someone was to steal drives they still could take them to GameStop albeit you know they'd probably out of the what is it like 60 bucks for a drive or something like that mm-hmm. or 80 bucks um that they'd probably be only getting 10 or 15 dollars but you know i would think and hope that if someone brought in four or five disc drives for a ps5 people at gamestop would be like hold up something's not right here oh i bet you they probably would i you know, until at least this new model drops, which if it's going to be a Modern Warfare 3 bundle where we're probably going to see this first, just as it is in these leaked images, um, it's only a matter of time until we actually see what that pairing mechanism looks like. Um, or even when iFixit gets their hands on one of these, does the teardown of the entire unit, including the external drive, and then makes note of how the firmware functions, at least based on their understanding of the, the chipsets underneath, as well as what they see in the software part of it, too. So we've only got a couple weeks to learn exactly what this is going to look like at the end of the day, which, hey, that's cool. I can wait a couple more weeks. But again, just like anybody else, I'm still a little concerned about that requirement, at least for the internet connection, because this console is not going to be sold just with Modern Warfare 3. You know, there are people who are going to buy this console and may not even connect it to the internet for anything. They may do stuff that's in an offline capacity. There are people out there like that still. You know, and in that sense, I think PlayStation will still win because that causes uh, a big rush of people that they go, oh, well, now I, I, I'm i going to get FOMO because uh, they're not going to carry this console anymore. I better rush out and get the last one. Yeah, there's always that too. Yeah. Yeah. So in the meantime, as as interesting and as weird as it is, I'm sure that there are some things that make sense in this. I do get it from the, the preservation standpoint, but at least that this version of the PlayStation 5 isn't really that much different from the original launch version, save, of course, for some the, the size difference and some of the storage difference inside um, and mm. the detachable drive. But we'll learn more as time goes on. So... Even though this makes your blood boil just as much, you know, potentially with this, let's talk about something else that might make your blood boil in a different way. And I I, I don't know. This was the best segue I could go into this (laughs) next story here, Kyle. And, of course, uh, Blizzard is having a contest going on right now where they are trying to get uh, Diablo 4 players to donate blood. You know, going through, like, your local Red Cross, going through your local blood bank to make your donation, and then submitting that information to reach up to 666 quarts of blood, you know, being donated. And then they will be opening up a contest there to be able to win a uh, gaming PC that the liquid cooling system is infused with real human blood. Hmm... And I'm a little confused by this. So the so the PC that we have here in the picture, Kyle, the one from uh, from PC Gamer right now, is not the actual PC. At this point in time, 
they have not actually put up what the PC is going to look like um, or what the PC is going to have in regards to like, uh, well, actually, I guess they have um, the tech specs they've given. The last I had seen, they hadn't put out specs yet, but they say it's going to have an RTX 4090, an Intel i9-13900K, 64 gigs of DDR5 RAM, uh, three terabytes of Gen 5 NVMe M.2 SSD storage, and then, of course, the liquid cooling in it as well. So I guess they did finally drop specs on it, but the first time I'd seen it, they didn't. But the one that's in that picture, that's not what it's going to look like. That's more of just a a generic stopgap picture. So while they haven't revealed the actual PC yet, or at least what it's going to look like, that's, I guess, trying to get you kind of in the mood, although you can tell how flat the images though at least it's more like a a cardboard insert you'd see if you went to say like a micro center or something you pull the pc case out of the box it's like oh cool that's what it could look like you know but in reality that but i have one question kyle Mm -hmm. if this is going to be infused with real blood and we know how much like pcs can heat up especially if this is going to be a cooling loop that's going to go through a, a 4090 and an i9 13900k What's the potential for this thing coagulating and just stopping up your thing? That's where I was kind of at. Like, they they know it's going to coagulate. They have to know. I mean, that that's what blood does. What what kind of enzymes or other fluids are they going to put in it so that it doesn't coagulate? I guess maybe in theory, um, it does only say on the picture infused with real human blood. Maybe it's just like a vial or like tiny vials of human blood that are around the uh, the 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 pump or something. But also, where are they gonna get this human blood? Is there like some PC manufacturer that's like, I need you to sacrifice one pint of blood for this PC? It comes from it comes from uh, the executives over at Blizzard right now, especially because they've you know. They've given away all their souls in that to Microsoft. Yeah. Now it's time for them to give up their blood to the to the gamers as well as too. But I I don't actually know, and and they haven't really specified exactly where this blood is going to be like at within the actual PC setup itself. But I imagine it's going to be something like that. That it'll be some sort of like maybe some sort of like fluid system itself where it'll like move through almost like a lava lamp, like in a small area, but not actually be a part of the whole like liquid cooling setup because you're right it's like it's the problem it's like what would they add into a liquid cooling loop to prevent that from becoming a problem you know you know or could it be potentially like you know a little vial that's actually a part of like a light bar or something instead you know sits in front and like again i go back to the lava lamp idea of it kind of like flowing like back and forth a little bit you know but um yeah it's all part of this whole thing that they're trying to get uh, fans to help out with because and even uh, PC Gamer makes the note here the end goal is getting 666 quarts of blood for reference the average human being has about six quarts of blood in their whole body and the typical blood donation is 0.6 quarts so it's a lot of blood yeah <coughs> but quite quite a bit even so um, there are unlocks that actually do come with this though as they get to their goal so as they reach um Thirty-three percent. There is a uh, uh, what is it called? The blood pedal heart. Um, I guess it's some sort of uh, magic imbued, of course, weaponry or something like that. Uh, Hmm. Then there's the um, lock wraith mayor barbarian armor cosmetic that hits at sixty-six percent, and then at the one hundred percent, outside of course of the unlock coming through for the uh, for the the PC. Um, there's also a uh, horse mount as well, too, I think, or some type of, like, horse or something there that goes with it. But, you know, for in-game. Um, but, hey, uh, I guess the cool part, Kyle, is that we don't need to donate, though, to go and enter for the actual blood-infused PC. Oh, really? Yeah. That's if cool. you want to go donate, hey, I'm not going to stop you. Doing blood donation is a great thing, and it's a great service to your community, but at the same time, if you're shy of needles, you don't have to go do that to go yeah. and enter for this PC. But you should always try and help out the community if you plan on trying to enter to win the the PC. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I just had this image of of one of the uh, one of the people in marketing or like the head of marketing over at Blizzard popping into Bobby's office, and you know they're like, "Hey, Bobby," and they pull out a knife, <laughs> going after Bobby Kotick. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, they just they yeah. start to like they're just bloodletting all of the employees, just like all the C-suite chase him around the office. Through. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right now, according to the actual website, for anybody who wants to go look at it, it's DiabloBloodHarvest.com. Uh, and on there right now, they are showing they are at 59% wow. of the uh, total that they want to get. So that's pretty good. I mean, they're, they're getting there. Uh, the yeah. next one, of course, again, lo- unlocks at 66%, which is the armor. And then, yeah, at the 100% point, it's the mount. And then, of course, the... Um, uh, the being able to enter for the PC. So uh, I guess if you want to take part in that, by all means, go ahead and take part in it. But in the spirit of talking about blood boiling, Kyle, we're moving on to something else that's making the the Smash Brothers community's blood boil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next story here we've got is that Nintendo has dropped some brand new rules about Smash Brothers tournaments being hosted, I guess, locally or... Uh, I guess just the community tournaments, I guess, is the best way to put it mm-hmm. um, and how those are supposed to go through. So let, let me read off some of these things here that are mentioned. Um, it says that uh, oh, where else is all this? Let's see. Um, the new rules, in addition to being nonprofit events, this is from Kotaku. Smash tournaments would also be limited to 200 participants unable to set prizes above five thousand dollars unable to have sponsors, and be forbidden from using modified versions of Nintendo's games, like the popular Project M hack for Super Smash Bros. Melee. Hmm. Um, and the, this is another kicker, though, too, is that tournament organizers wouldn't even be allowed to sell food, beverages, or merchandise. Wow. I mean, they're hitting this pretty hard here, Kyle. Um, they go on to say, while the guidelines don't ban all commercial tournaments outright, they do require the companies behind those events to get special licenses directly from Nintendo. However, the company states that it's up to Nintendo's sole discretion whether or not a licensee will be granted to a corporation or organization. So, uh, Nintendo really just threw down the ban hammer on community-based uh, Smash Brothers tournaments. Yeah, that that makes it really hard for like, especially you don't see them so much anymore, uh, especially in smaller cities, but maybe in larger cities like mom and pop uh, game shops or like retro game shops that might have hosted Smash tournaments. This kind of throws a cog in the wheel for them. This really does, because like you see Smash Brothers tournaments pop up all over the place. I mean, granted, Mm -hmm. like our local library, you probably wouldn't see more than maybe like 20 or 30 kids show up to play. And the prizes are not going to be anything that would be necessarily outside the scope of, um, you know, the, the rules here itself, but you've got these other communities that are definitely much larger than ours. These other libraries or local organizations who can, who are going to try to put things together and find out that they're in violation. And we know how, how vicious Nintendo's lawyers are. Mm -hmm. But the community's just throwing an absolute like fit about this right now, making it clear. Um, One of the uh, top ranked players in Smash Brothers, Samuel uh, DeBuzz Busby, has gone and said, ah, yes, it's that time of the year where Nintendo remembers to ruin the day of every Smash player. Uh, He says, F Nintendo, they are like a five-year-old screaming for attention at all times when it comes to competitive Smash. And that's uh, from another player as well, too, uh, Adam Armada Lindgren. And he's apparently another one of the top players for Super Smash Brothers Melee. So the, the, the higher-ups, at least the, the competitors themselves, are really throwing their weight around, making it clear that this is a big problem. But what is Nintendo really reflected on what the communities had to say about these things? Hmm. Yeah, that this is just totally bizarre. I especially with the the whole fact that places can't sell food and drink. It like when I what I was talking about with like the mom and pop shops like hosting tournaments that, you know, they they could potentially get Nintendo backing uh but 
for them to host a tournament, it actually costs a lot of these venues money and not just small amounts of money. It sometimes larger amounts of money organizing and whatnot, keeping people there, selling food and beverages and, you know, merchandise to promote it. Um, that's a way to recoup and also keep people at the event and keep people excited, maybe draw people back in. So the, the fact that, you know, they want to limit people so much, it, uh, it, it's just insane. It's insane. Yeah. And apparently there's a lot of talk that this ties into the uh, uh, to some of that stuff that we had actually talked about last year where um, Nintendo had pulled out of Evo because Sony now owns Evo. And in tandem with that, of course, there was that other group that they were collaborating with Nintendo specifically called Panda uh, for a Pandas tournament where that, we were yeah. actually seeing licenses pulled or or collaborations pulled by Nintendo from these other organizations that were already doing and having set up tournaments. And it turns out that a lot of it flipped around to being things that dealt with uh, Panda Global. And there are some people who are starting to reflect on this and wonder if there is more going on that could have been happening under the table that maybe there will be more stuff that's that's going on with Pandas, even though that stuff did get I guess next in the in light of the uh, fury and fire that was brought forth by the community. I wonder if there was still more stuff going on underneath where Nintendo decided to do these rules up to kind of limit it to more larger official ones where they know they could make a buck or two, uh, you know, with being more controlling over it. I don't know. I'm not a Smash Brothers player, at least in the sense of like tournament stuff. I know you're not either, Kyle, but. No, I mean, but, what, what is this? What do you think this does for the rest of the Smash community, though? Yeah, I mean, sure, it, it gets Nintendo a buck or two, but uh, it still really does affect the venues. And I, I think limiting the the tournaments, the entries, um, by imposing these regulations um, and restrictions, it it's really going to hurt it. And I. I think Nintendo will view it as classic Nintendo. They'll be like, oh, well, no one's going to these events now, so you just don't need to have them. You know, I, I, I could see Nintendo doing that um, and maybe even as a way to try and nix them. But I, I don't see why Nintendo would, I guess, pinch the the people that are trying to organize these events that are that are bringing popularity to the game that are you know, drawing people to the large Nintendo events uh, so they can play because they they are able to win at these small-time events. And, you know, they have a lot of fun at the small-time events. So not even necessarily to play, but just to go to, a, you know, a Nintendo-organized event might be something that they potentially could enjoy in the future. But by Nintendo imposing all these rules, all of a sudden, it, it kind of throws another i guess wrench in the cogs yeah and nintendo seems to do this a lot like the like the way that those other comments were made there by those pro smash players is that mm -hmm. it's like oh the clock has turned around you know just enough we, we've hit that point on the calendar that it's time for nintendo to throw a fit or make some radical change about a community that loves this game so much or this game series right. it, it seems to be just on the dot every time that they do these things. So I guess the big takeaway, at least right now, besides these changes, at least affecting more of like your local stuff, is that these rules don't go into effect for another couple of weeks. November 15th, 2023 is when they go into effect. And uh, they're going to be going into effect. I, it looks like after this one large tournament that's supposed to take place, I think it's set in Seattle. So, and that... That tournament, if it was to take place after those rules came into effect, would be completely against all of those rules. So kind of interesting to see the the lineup, at least in regards to those. But I'm curious to know what this is going to do for other Smash tournaments, if Smash is even going to be played competitively, at least in the fashion that we've known for some time, or or what? Yeah, it, it'd be hard to say, but it'll it'll be real interesting Especially, I think we'll see more six months down the line how how it really affects the the tournament um, culture and and 
how Smash is affected in general. Just, I I guess by tournament culture, because I I, I think you'll see a lot of people pull away from wanting to try and play Smash competitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, there's other games to play competitively. There's others in the fighting scene to play. Obviously, they play different than Smash, but at least there's potentially something out there for other players to go to. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know why sad. Nintendo just doesn't listen. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. So outside of that frustration, let's carry on. This 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 news episode is just a, a ball of frustration at least you know if your blood boil if your blood is not boiling in a good way when it comes to your blood potentially being infused in a gaming pc then of course you're going to be more annoyed about everything else going on however this one is only going to annoy one community in general right now and not necessarily the whole of the world and that is microsoft is going to be upping the price of the xbox series x or not xs excuse me the xbox series s in brazil and will bring it up to the same price as the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. Wow. Yeah, so right now, uh, they are recommending that it's going to sell at uh, $3,599. What's the Brazilian currency? Uh, I gotta look this up here. Um, Brazilian currency is called the Brazilian Real. Okay, so it's going to cost uh it's going to cost 3599 real, which do they have a listing here? Yeah, the so this is where the price change jumps here big time. So that mm-hmm. is uh right now the Xbox Series S prior to the price increase was between 2000 and 2500 real, but now it's going to be jumping to 3599 real. Again, the price That's of massive. the PS5 Digital Edition. But according to this, too, from Windows Central, it's only going to apply to the white 512-gig Xbox Series S, not the new one-terabyte black model. And the Series X is not getting a price increase either. So I don't know. That's still like a hundred. What, what it would equate to is about a $150 price hike here in, in the States. So that that's tremendous. And I I don't know if I'm not mistaken Brazil's already been kind of synonymous with having high console prices in the past. Um so much so that even classic and retro consoles are still sold regularly just because uh it, it's too the the cost of the new consoles are are, are too exorbitant. Um but for for Microsoft to turn around and do this, it's just totally bizarre because that's one of the things that they had such a uh, stranglehold over the uh, PlayStation Five, and especially with PlayStation Five now, you know, moving more into the streaming sector, that could that could really affect Microsoft's business down there. I think it very well could, and I think the other problem though too that like we run into with Brazil though is that Brazil has some very hot like has very high import taxes, has very yeah. high import rates. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons the, yeah. the consoles have been generally high in the past for so long. Right, because a 1 to 1 conversion of the 512 gig Series S in American in US dollars versus uh Brazilian real. So the uh the Series S here in the United States, of course, the 512 gig version is $249.99, uh, at least since the price drop with the one terabyte model coming out. That mm-hmm. translates to 1,244 real. So that's that's a even bigger drop compared to like the base cost of you know 2,000 to 2,500 real that it is right now before this price hike goes in place. Um, that's a pretty big jump, but you have to, of course, again, consider the import taxes and, and all the other costs that come with that to get mm-hmm. stuff into the country. Cause I think Brazil even has a requirement for some things that some, to be able to keep costs down, some things have to be manufactured in Brazil itself. Like there, there are some things that require that to happen in Brazil, but I, I can't remember the exact rules with it. It was something that I remember seeing somewhere else for some other non gaming thing I was looking at. Interesting. 
I I guess it makes sense though why why consoles have uh historically been so so high priced uh through through Brazil. Um cuz if I'm not mistaken, I I I want to say it was like a year and a half ago we reported something about it had something to do with Sega Genesis's that still connected to the internet down there. That does sound vaguely familiar, but we've talked yeah. so much news, I can't remember anything anymore. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I don't know. It, it's just so bizarre. And it kind of makes you wonder if part of that price hike was, um, the, I, I don't know, the Brazilian government or, you know, someone else imposing that, um, whoever, you know, whatever stores are, are raising the price or whatever, um, whoever handles the imports on electronics, Maybe you know they they have a higher tariff or something. Who who's to say? But it, it it's just bonkers to think about that Microsoft would have caused that increase. But I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's where they feel like they need to make all their money back from you know cheap selling the consoles to the rest of the world. <laughs> hmm. It's very possible. Yeah. Very very possible. Um. Hmm. Well, for those fans in Brazil, at least we, that we're uh, sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry if you want us. Like, I mean, we've got other taxes and stuff though too. But it's like you want to send us the money to go get you a Series S for much cheaper than we'll do it here. I guess you know. Yeah. <laughs> send right. Us, send us there with a little bit of a finder's fee, and we'll go take care of you. Um. Man, <laughs> I hate to yeah, do this. Yeah, that's just crazy. Man, I hate to do this to you, Kyle, but guess what? We have one more news story here to talk about for uh, this week's news, and it's another one. It came out today. Yeah, and just it's another total depressing this yeah. week. <laughs> At least the one quest marker. <laughs> At least the one quest marker we got will be a good one. But yeah. okay, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and wrap up with the main stories on this one because this one's again only a couple hours old. Um, Microsoft is now posting uh, notices on Xbox when you plug in a unauthorized or unofficial accessory. Um, it's letting you know that that accessory will be blocked in November from working on your system. And it's like, what? What are you talking about? So here's what Windows Central found out. So it looks like it's going to happen starting around November 12th is when they're going to they're not going to allow unauthorized third-party accessories to be used with the, the uh, Xbox consoles. Now, a lot of these accessories, though, that you find in places like Walmart, Target, Best Buy, that they are signed off on. And if they have that label on them that, say, works with Xbox, then you're fine. Similar to, like, that golden uh, Nintendo seal that you would see on Nintendo games. Um, you know, it's sort of like that certification process to ensure things work. Um, mm. But it looks like what it does is it, it flashes an error message here to you the error code at least that they reported on is 0x82 delta 60002 um and the actual message that they put up on there it says a connected accessory is not authorized using unauthorized accessories compromises your gaming experience for this reason the unauthorized accessory will be blocked for use on the 12th of november 2023 for help returning it check with the store it came from or contact the manufacturer and then it gives a link mm. to the Xbox site where uh, all of their supported accessories are at. Um, apparently, this only popped up in the most recent build of the uh, Xbox firmware. So that means that there are, uh, I guess there are some new things coming down the line. But it looks like the information that is being reported here, Kyle, by... Um, uh, by Windows Central is that it looks like this might be more directed at wireless Xbox controllers. Interesting. Yeah, and it's... Um, See, yeah, and I, I would have thought that... Um, I don't know. For some reason, I would have thought it would have been maybe more targeted towards wired products that could have offloaded some sort of key logger onto the system without your knowledge to, to gain access to your card information, like possibly some of these devices were posing a security threat. Granted, a wireless device could do the same th thing. It is communicating through the console. 
Uh, but I don't see it doing maybe as much harm uh, because it is through a channel rather than, you know, having un- basically unlimited access through USB. I mean, there could be something like that, too. There could be some sort of potential DRM concerns that come with using, yeah, your own, like, special USB adapter when it comes mm-hmm. to handle that. Um, what's interesting is that there are some accessories that, like, I've seen. I think there was a, what was it? I think it was a Turtle Beach headset that had a USB adapter that you could plug in that had a little switch on the side that said it was, like, for PC or for Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know exactly what else that may have necessarily done to make it work, but I wonder if there could be more emphasis on trying to get these these wireless accessories to be more of in tune with the official wireless uh, standard that's inside the Xbox instead it of using possible. like some additional USB thing. But yeah, it is also possible that Microsoft had seen something in like feedback from gamers in that that these controllers weren't working right, or Microsoft may have seen it in the telemetry that something else was weird when they plugged in these these USB adapters. I mean, Microsoft yeah. pulls a lot of data. I mean, it's it's Microsoft. Come on. <laughs> they they it, harvest just like Google does. <laughs> yeah, and it does also pose the question that how is this going to affect legacy um, hardware components that, that have been put out for the console? Um, so m- perhaps maybe Razer had one controller that they forget to push something through or, you know, it wasn't totally authorized uh, or you have a scuff controller that, you know, it's totally custom. It doesn't use the official Microsoft controller for customization. Um, how are they going to support things like that? Or how, how are the companies that put out these going to resolve the issues for the customers? It, it brings up a question, especially if, you know, they're outside the or they're inside the service date. Of, you know, a lot of hardware comes with, you know, a 90-day limited warranty. Um, Even with controllers, you know, maybe a 30-day or 60-day limited warranty. What if you're within that warranty period and this rolls over? It's actually a good question. I wonder what that would be like. Yeah. I wonder how many people are going to be returning their controllers and that then here soon, too. Like, how bad are we going to see, like, Amazon reviews starting to pop up that say, oh, well, we can't use our... uh, uh, you know, we, we can't use these controllers on Xbox now because of A, B, and C. So that's going to mess with a lot of people, especially a lot of these independent companies who are trying to, you know, enter the market for making, like, decent accessories. Like, I wonder how 8-Bit Do is going to handle with this, unless they're one of those that are licensed for Xbox. Do they have anything like that? They actually, um, particular controllers from them are actually officially licensed. So they... Okay, good. Yeah, they do actually have one that has, like, the Xbox guide button and everything, and it's specifically for Xbox. Um, Those ones, I want to say, oftentimes, you can only do Xbox, PC, and mobile. There is no Switch um, component or the ability to connect it to to Apple. Um, You are limited to... Uh, certain hardware with those controllers similar to how do they uh, I, I believe they do the uh, PS5 stuff as well hmm I think that I think that it's a little bit easier with the PlayStation 5 just because it's all Bluetooth instead of yeah. it being some sort of proprietary wireless thing except of course what we see now with these um, these newer Bluetooth earbuds that they dropped that have like some sort of proprietary wireless standard in them for PlayStation, but needless to say, um, I, maybe it is. Maybe it's just more of that they're trying to get these companies to use their official wireless standard instead of trying to like backdoor their way in using their own custom USB sticks, which end up potentially causing more problems for consumers down the line. Again, they must have seen something else in the telemetry that said, hey, this is what customers want. They want to be able to have affordable wireless controllers, but we've obviously we're seeing a quality issue here. So here's what we're going to do instead. Yeah, and I personally, yeah, I, I see it as a quality assurance issue as well as a security issue. Um, I've never really been uh, partial to to third party controllers myself. Eight uh, bit do excluded. Like they they do make a quality product. I've been really curious about 
the the Ghoulie kit or uh, Gilly kit. I don't know how that one's pronounced either, but um, they're they're a controller line. Um, but you know, the, these are controller companies that they they've gone out of their way to make exceptional controllers. So hopefully, you know, they they are recognized. You know, if they have legacy controllers that are put out um that they've already communicated with microsoft to set us that the, the, those are part of the set standards still um and they they can continue to make third-party equipment for them um yeah just because especially 8-bit do i mean they have a actual licensed um arcade stick that i believe just launched a few months ago Mm -hmm. so hopefully that is actually covered under this that's why i say this whole legacy um hardware that for uh licensed stuff kind of has a concern for me in my head Mm -hmm. i guess it's it's not really out of the ordinary on things i mean i think kyle for you and i having grown up in the era of the mad cats controllers oh um, yeah that's you know especially why i I just hate third-party controllers, and I, I make the exception for for those two companies specifically. Yeah, and I guess we're kind of at a spot now, anyway, that it, like there's been a decent number of third-party uh, accessory companies out there that have made some decent things. Like Power A is an affordable company, and they've mm-hmm. made some decent wired controllers. But now, of course, here comes this next thing where if they want to try anything wireless, they're going to have to go license through Microsoft to be able to potentially use their wireless standard to be able to, you know, offer that stuff up there, too, instead of just straight up wired. Um, But then, like you said, you know, there are fighting sticks. There are other things out there. But I guess we'll see exactly how much this really does affect things. Because, yeah, I mean, it it does come down to a security thing. You know, you could potentially introduce an unfair advantage with some of these different setups, and there's no way to keep things balanced and fair. There just isn't. But this is the one way to potentially do it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see once the... uh... The, the update gets fully pushed through how how it affects some of those legacy controllers and how it actually affects the market um especially to see you know how uh i guess d- distributors like um your your big box stores and storefronts walmart target gamestop even um handle it if if they recognize the um up, upcoming change and they pull controllers that are unlicensed or may not uh, be included into the new standard or mm-hmm. if they continue to have them on the shelf and let consumers be um, I, I I guess befuddled by why they, they bought a, uh, a non-working controller for their console and why they have to make another trip back to the store. Yeah, that's that's a big problem. Um, yeah, but needless to say, I guess if you're done having your blood boiling, then let's go ahead and wrap up the main stories for the week and get into the single quest marker that we have here to, uh, potentially, I don't know, uh, enhance your senses a little bit, or at least, uh, you know, get that blood boiling in a better way with how someone may smell Kyle. Let's talk about that quest marker. What is that one that we've got this week? Yeah, so for our one quest marker this week, would you like to smell like Solid Snake? Well, fret not. With the uh, new scent, the Eau de Toilette uh, Shadow Moses uh, Unisex Cologne, you can now uh, see if love will blossom on the battlefield. Um... The, this new cologne is going to be limited to 1,000 units coming to us um, and will be available in the UK and I believe EU only. Um, yeah, EU select stores. Um, so aside from the 1,000 units, um, it doesn't really have any note uh, notes on what kind of tones you should expect out of the scent. But... Uh, but it it will be available to help celebrate uh, the new re or the new release of the Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume One. 
So if you are in the uh, EU or UK and uh, would like to smell like Solid Snake or relive the days of Shadow Moses, you can now. I've always, I've always wanted to smell like a used railgun off of a Metal Gear Rex, so maybe this is the way to do it. Right, right. Jesus Christ. You never know what kind of sniper wolves you could uh, attract with this one. <laughs> All I see is just like those those fragrance commercials we would see, you know, like Natalie Portman or, or Johnny Depp or whatever, you know, or the other models in that running across the beaches and everything. Or, you know, it's like, here's, uh, here's Psycho Mantis trying to... Uh, trying to sell you a cologne you know yeah either that or just i don't know solid snake just asking random questions you know like you- psycho mantis high d shadow moses <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the cologne to make those question marks above people's heads go to exclamation points <laughs> what do you think love can blossom on the battlefield and on that note that's where we're gonna wrap up that quest marker right kyle yes sir (laughs) i think that is it for this evening and this week yeah that is it with that quest marker and that is it for the npcs weekly news roundup for the week of october 29th 2023 so thank you so much everybody for tuning in to this week's news roundup if you liked what you've been listening to so far if this episode didn't boil your blood over the very edge and it ends up dripping inside your computer so you don't have to go into that contest for a Diablo 4 blood infused PC then of course you should subscribe to this podcast itself go find us on your favorite podcast platform whether it be Google Podcast Apple Podcast uh, Spotify wherever you name it we're on it but if you're not sure where to go to go to our website anchor.fm slash d-npcs-podcast and subscribe there with that thank you so much everybody for tuning in we will see you all next week laters